0: Listen for God's Word as we read from Exodus this morning, chapter 33, beginning of verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, See, you have said to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, if I found favor in your sight, show me your way so that I may know you and find favor in your sight consider too that this nation is your people he said my presence will go with you and i will give you rest and he said to him if your presence will not go do not carry us up from here for how shall it be known that i have found favor in your sight i and your people unless you go with us in this way we shall be distinct i and your people from every people on the face of the earth the lord said to moses I will do the very thing that you have asked for you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name Moses said show me your glory I pray and he said I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you the name the Lord And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy But he said you cannot see my face for no one shall see me and live And the Lord continued, See, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I want us to start with a few questions this morning. I've put a couple of them in your outline. How often do you talk with God? Is it one-way communication or two? Do you only speak to God or do you listen for God to respond to you? Is it part of an ongoing relationship for you or do you only turn to God in a time of crisis? Have you ever thought about taking a class so that you could grow in your prayer life or talk to a spiritual director so you might discern how God is speaking to you in your life? I've put this one in your outline. On a scale of 1 to 10, how vital would you say your relationship with God is right now? So we're not going to answer all of those in the sermon, but I want you to have those percolating in the back of your mind as we read and think more about this story about Moses and how Moses and God are developing this relationship over time. Moses, it seems to me, is arguing or negotiating with God about how this is going to go. God says yes some of the time when Moses makes requests, other time God says, no, Moses doesn't seem sure about what God's going to do. They've been through all of this drama together, more drama than any one of us might imagine ever going through in a lifetime. And yet Moses is still trying to navigate and negotiate and figure out who this God really is and how they're going to work together. Moses is still trying to figure out how his relationship with God works You can hear it here in the beginning of the passage we read. Moses is speaking to God and says to God, Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your ways, so that I may know you and find favor in your sight. Now think about all that Moses has been through he knows he's a hebrew he's on a mountainside a bush begins to burn but not be consumed and he senses god speaking to him out of the bush they have a conversation he finds out that god's name is i am who i am or i will be who i will be the idea god is being itself this god is calling him to go back to egypt where he's run from because he has murdered a person there. But finally, he agrees after objecting a lot to go. He goes through 10 plagues with God and the Pharaoh battling. Finally, God splits the waters and leads Moses and the Hebrew children out of slavery, delivers them into a new life. And yet Moses is still struggling with who God is. And yet there's been so much drama already When the people get hungry god feeds them in the wilderness when they get thirsty god provides water then moses spends 40 days up on the mountain receives the ten commandments about how the people are to organize their life together to be the beloved community to be god's covenant community the ones who are blessed to be a blessing to all the nations and then last week we read about how moses even has to argue with god to keep god from smiting the people and destroying the covenant but even through all of that in our passage today moses is saying show me O god if i do this if i've done that he still seems to be unsure so that's the first key insight i want us to think about today how difficult staying connected to god can be and how typical we are if we struggle with what God is saying to us or how God is leading us or how we stay connected with God throughout a lifetime. My father died when I was only in my early 20s. He was 56 years old. He died from cancer at the end he was in the hospital. One of his close friends came to visit him. His friend was also a pastor. They talked about god's presence with us through all the ups and downs of life and the pastor shared with my dad that what he had observed amongst his colleagues was rather distressing he said some of his closest friends and colleagues in the ministry were no longer serving as pastors these people who had felt this call of god that voted themselves to years of study been willing to move from place to place around oklahoma to serve the methodist people and then at some point lost that connection with god lost that sense of calling and were no longer serving my dad's friend said it was so sad to him to see how many of them had dropped out of ministry were no longer serving as ordained pastors His thought was that they had lost that sense of connection and calling. They had lost the sense of God's presence being with them and guiding and leading them through the good times and the bad times. He was lamenting how difficult it is, even for pastors, to stay connected to God. If you have ever wondered, is God with me, will God provide for me, You are not alone. This is a common struggle across the ages. If people who felt called to ministry had such a strong call, they devoted their lives to serving, can lose that sense of connection with God. Certainly it can happen to any of us. And in our story, we see it even happens to Moses where he is just not sure if he's still connected to God, if he's found favor with God, if God is still with him. You can hear it in verse 14 and 15. Verse 14, he said, my presence, this is God speaking, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses responds in verse 15 and says to God, if your presence will not go, is he not listening? God just said, I'm going with you. Then Moses says, well, listen, if you're not going to go, he's not sure. Even after all that he's been through, even though he has this probably closest of all relationships with God that we'll read about in the Hebrew Scriptures, Moses is still struggling. It helps us remember that navigating this human-divine relationship is hard for most of us. Staying connected is a challenge for many of us. Trusting God is a struggle for many of us, maybe all of us, over a lifetime of faith. Even as great a man as Moses is, even as faithful as he is, even though God has done so many wonderful things through him for the people, Moses is still not sure. But there's more here. Moses not only wants to know God is with him, but Moses wants to know that God is with all the people. You hear it in verse 16. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight? Moses says to God, I and your people, unless you go with us. You heard it earlier in the text as well, that Moses wants to know who you're going to send with me, God. Who's going to be my community? Who's going to be a part of this faith journey as we go forward together? So here is the second key insight we need a community of faith to help us along on our journey we are social beings we thrive with other people who nurture us and nourish us who love and support us we don't get to be born unless people get together we don't figure out who we are until we socialize with others the bible says that we live and move and have our being in god but we also live and move and have our being in community when we are together we come to know who we are as children of God and that we are beloved because we are part of this community that's proclaiming God's love and grace and mercy to all of us each and every one of us are a part of this shared life Jesus talks about this he emphasizes how important love of one another how important community is in this passage over in John that I'm using as our biblical passage for our stewardship campaign Jesus starts out by saying I am the vine you are the branches it's this image of close connection of being tied together but then later in the same chapter Jesus goes on to extend that idea To one another that we need to stay connected to one another let me read you just a couple of verses verse 10 in chapter 15 Jesus says if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love abide is the word it's used in this translation I'm using stay connected so if you keep my commandments you'll stay connected in my love just as I've kept my father's commandments and stay connected in his love then in verse 12 Jesus says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. I've put it in the outline. It's such an important part of our faith to understand that as followers of Christ, we not only love God, we not only love Christ, we not only love the Holy Spirit, but we are to love one another. We're to live in a community, to have a shared life together, a common life together, where we support and love and encourage each other. You can see how this emphasizes the deep importance of community in the life of any who desire to be faithful to God's call in their own life. What Jesus is talking about here in John echoes what we read about over here in the Exodus saga. The themes, the theology that we recognize and discern through these stories about Moses and God having this relationship carry on into the Christian faith and throughout the Christian scriptures. Back to the story in verse 17, the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, for you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name. Then Moses asked for more. In verse 18, Moses said, Show me your glory, I pray. So God has said yes to Moses, but now is also going to say no. You see both sides of that in your own prayer life. You see it in the life of these biblical characters as well. God grants Moses' request about being present, but not about showing Moses the glory of God, or all of who God is. God says, You can see my goodness, but you'll see it from the backside. You will only see my back. You can't see my glory, or what it says later is, You can't see my face. It seems that it would be too much, too much power, too much intimacy, more than we're able to handle that brings us to the third and final insight that we're going to discuss today it is easier to see god's presence and god's work in hindsight isn't that your experience i bet you have had those experience when once you look back you're able to say oh i see what god was doing now but i couldn't see it then i certainly have had those experiences in my life i'll give you just one example It was 1977. I was a junior in college at the University of Oklahoma. I'd always loved learning, but I'd gotten to a place where I'd really lost the motivation to get up and go to class and to do my homework. Oh, I was still doing it and getting by, but I had become miserable. I don't know. I had lost the zest for learning and for life, in a sense. After talking to my folks, I decided to drop a couple of classes, to hang on to a couple, finish the semester. But I had determined that after Christmas break came, I wasn't going back. And sure enough, January came, I stayed at my parents' home. I was struggling. In some ways, I felt like a failure that I dropped out. I wasn't sure I would ever go back. I was asking myself, what am I going to do with my life? I'd already felt a call to ministry, but I couldn't get there without going through school. I was asking God for help and guidance and direction. It was in the middle of February, I got a phone call from a person in this building, one of the associate pastors from Boston Avenue. He told me this story about how they were going to need an interim youth minister. They had heard I'd done some youth work. Apparently, they'd gotten a favorable recommendation. They wanted to know if I would come up and talk with them about coming to work. During that semester, I was out of school. So I drove up. I was living in Oatmulgee at my parents' home. Drove up to Tulsa, talked with some of the associate pastors. They offered me the job. I started in March. They paid me a small salary for this five-month stint until their youth director that was coming out of seminary would be here. But one of the perks was they said we'd also provide housing. So I stayed in different people's houses while they were gone on vacation, They were able to go away. I was able to cover the home front. Guess where I stayed the longest that summer? For six weeks. In the parsonage of the senior pastor of Boston Avenue Church. Here I was, a 20 year old kid, dropped out of college, not sure what my future was going to hold. And I was living in this beautiful home that the church provided. I learned a lot that summer, that spring and summer, about ministry. But, you know, I couldn't really see that God was shaping me for ministry and shaping my future as I was living through those days and weeks and months of doing ministry here. Oh, I went back to OU, finished there, went on to seminary, graduated, came back to Tulsa, was working at another United Methodist Church, when again my phone rang out of the blue. The district superintendent telling me to come over to Boston Avenue Church and talk to the pastors here. Again, they had a need. I ended up being appointed back here. Instead of five months, I stayed 13 years that time. It was a wonderful experience of ministry and growing and learning and serving together with the people here at Boston Avenue. I was enjoying it so much. I thought I'm going to get to stay here my whole career, or at least as long as Dr. Biggs, a senior pastor. But a new bishop came, and before long, my phone rang, and I was being sent to another place to lead a different church in western Oklahoma. So I went and did that for a decade. And then another new bishop, they called again. I was called to another place to serve in a supervisory and administrative role. All that happened before... Another new bishop came, and they sent me back here to be the senior pastor. I think God was at work in all of it. But I couldn't see it back during those strange, weird days of 1977 and 1978 that God was shaping me and preparing me to serve in this time and this place. It would have been too much to have seen all of that in 1977 would have been too much to handle i think for me and for most of us god says to moses you can't see my glory you can't see my face but you can see my goodness what a great biblical promise that is even though god is saying no to what moses asked hear what god is saying yes to god says you can see my back and know my goodness i have been with you always amen thanks be to god